You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Are you ready for the Word of God? Are you ready for the Word of God? Are you ready to be challenged and encouraged by the Word of God? Hallelujah. Well, we're going to make a declaration. If you're visiting with us for the first time, just declare the Word of God with us. We've been doing it for from 2006, actually. We declare the Word of God before we minister the Word of God. Are you ready? One, two, three. I'm a son of God revealed. I'm blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. I'm saved. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm a life-giving spirit. I accept His sacrifice on the cross and His resurrection power in my life. I'm bound to His Word and can do what it says I can do. I receive the Word with meekness and I'm changed from glory to glory. I have the God kind of faith. I'm the righteousness of God and will never be the same. Jesus Christ is my Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. As you take your seat, turn to the person next to you, look them in the eyes and say to them, your smile looks better than the last time I saw you. Keep on smiling. I know you have a lot of things to be happy about. Amen. You might be going through some challenges or difficulties as a child of God, but when you know your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, you can rejoice. Amen. There's reason for you to be happy. Amen. Did you enjoy the worship? What a privilege that we can worship God in spirit and in truth. I mean, that new song that they did, it's all about Jesus. I mean, it just touches your heart. I mean, it's just aware of God's presence. Amen. I want to share with you today on the topic, wonderful Jesus, wonderful Jesus. One of the number one characteristics of Jesus Christ is that he can feel what you're feeling. Jesus can feel what you're feeling. There's not a sorrow, a pain, a disappointment here on earth that heaven is not aware of. Jesus can feel what you are feeling. A matter of fact, the Bible teaches us that right now, he's even praying for you. He's interceding for you. Amen? When you feel your faith is at a place where you're just going to break and give in. Concerning Peter, he said, Peter, I've prayed that your faith will not fail. Did not pray that the situation would go away. He prayed that his faith would not fail, but he'd be able to go through that situation and circumstances. Amen. Turn to the person next to you, look them in the eyes and say, Jesus is praying for you. Turn to the person on the other side and say, Jesus is praying for you. Some of you are saying it like, I really hope Jesus is praying for me. Let me ask you this. How much would your attitude change, your walk change, everything change if you heard Jesus right now praying for you on that side of the wall? If you heard him pray, how much would you change? The truth is he is praying for you. So you can change your attitude concerning your situation, what you are going through, because he is busy praying for you. In preparing for this week's message, wonderful Jesus the scripture, Isaiah 9 verse 6, 
in the Passion Translation. Listen to what it says. His name will be the Wonderful One. The Wonderful One. The Extraordinary Strategist. The Mighty God. The Father of Eternity. And the Prince of Peace. Wonderful One. You know, when you talk about the wonderful one, wonderful Jesus, he is thinking wonderful things about you. You may not know the extent of your future. Maybe you're even sitting here and you're unsure about your future. But wonderful Jesus is sure about your future. He says, I know the thoughts I have towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. He has planned good things for you. Why can we have confidence about the future? Because of the wonderful name of Jesus. When last did you just declare the name of Jesus over your future? When last did you just go and say, Lord, I want to pray the name of Jesus over my family. I want to pray the name of Jesus over my career, over my business, over my children. I want to pray the name of Jesus over the church, over this nation, over its leaders. Because family, in the name of Jesus, there's power, there's authority. A matter of fact, any attorneys here, you'll know what is a power of attorney. When somebody gives you a power of attorney, it means you can do what that person has told you to do. Jesus' name is the power of attorney that we have here on earth. And heaven is backing that name. So what is the value of that power of attorney? You can fulfill your purpose, the plans that God has planned for you because of Jesus. Turn to the person next to you and say, when I get home, I'm going to declare the name of Jesus over a lot of things. I pray the name of Jesus over my family. I pray it over the church, over the members, over the visitors. Everybody that's linked to you, I declare the name of Jesus over you. Amen? Family, listen to me. I know how far you've come. Young people, you may be finishing school. But it's not just starting, it's finishing. In John 17, verse 4, the Word of God says, Jesus is praying and says, I've glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. Do you know how you're going to finish the work that God has given you? Because of that power of attorney that you have, the name of Jesus, you can finish that assignment that God has got for you. Jesus has placed destiny on the inside of you, purpose on the inside of you. And you can fulfill that purpose because of wonderful Jesus. He came to this earth to come and show a more excellent way so that you can fulfill your purpose. Amen? Turn to the person next to you, look them in the eye and say, I speak Jesus over you. 
Turn to the person on the other side and say, I speak Jesus over you. Family, when you say, I speak Jesus, all of heaven is backing you. All of heaven is backing you. When you mention the name of Jesus, not in vain, blaspheming, but when you mention the name of Jesus in faith, heaven is away. It's the beauty of heaven. Amen. That wonderful name of Jesus. Think about it for one minute. God had no need even to come to this earth. He is God. He is God. He was in heaven. Angels, everything he needed. But yet, he knew we needed him. And he came to this earth to show a more excellent way. What is the power and the authority of Jesus in your life? Many are called, few are chosen. Do what God has called you to do. Do what God has called you to do. Do you know how you do that? You do that in the name of Jesus. Don't have to go to work and rebuke people in the name of Jesus. Before you go to work, you speak the name of Jesus. Amen? You speak the name of Jesus. Jesus knew the meaning of his name among people. Even the Pharisees, the authorities of those days, they could acknowledge and say, we could see that Peter, these disciples, they're uneducated. They've not been trained. But we perceive that they've been with Jesus. People could see that they've been with Jesus. When you start to mention the name of Jesus, it talks all about salvation. There's no other name given by which men can be saved but the name of Jesus. Amen? You saw all the t-shirts raised to life because we have a baptism Sunday. People are going to get baptized today. Amen? Give the Lord a hand. Amen. Let me tell you something. The name of Jesus, the name of Jesus in humility and sincerity of heart gives hope to sinners because it gives them confidence as sinners to be able to approach the Father with confidence. Did you hear what I just said? Sinners, the worst of sinners, when they come to the Father in the name of Jesus, forgive me my sins, they can come with confidence and not be under guilt and condemnation. We sometimes use the name of Jesus, wonderful Jesus, to condemn people, to judge people. But Christ came to show a more excellent way. Anybody can point a finger. Anybody can criticize. But you need the wisdom of Christ, the wisdom of Christ, to show a more excellent way. When I read this Isaiah, when I read it, 9 verse 6, it's very interesting. It's five things that are mentioned there. And I want to touch on all five. But five represents grace. It's so amazing that even when they speak about the name of Jesus, five things are mentioned, and it's always covered with grace. Amen. So the Bible says there's no other name given 
by which men can be saved, but the name of Jesus. So people get saved in the name of Jesus. People get baptized in the name of Jesus. Can you see that there's so many things that we have to do in the name of Jesus? But because of our lack of understanding how much we need Jesus, how much we need the power of attorney to do what we want to do, have to do here on earth, we just go about on our own. Who of you sat down on the chair in Jesus' name? Raise your hand. Be honest. Nobody. <laughs> we need Jesus to sit on a chair. Paul said, in him we live and move and have our being. Amen? We don't know how much we need God. Because of this name, clean water can be poured into dirty vessels. Let me see your hand if you, see, if you know what I'm talking about. Clean water, the purest water, can be poured into a dirty vessel. And we are disconnected from guilt and shame. He who knew no sin became sin so that we can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Family, listen to me. This name of Jesus, when you accept the name of Jesus and you start inviting people to church, you are busy changing your community in Jesus' name. You've become a kingdom builder. Turn to the person next to you say you're a kingdom builder. I'm talking about your destiny. Some of you are sitting and say, Lord, I wonder what I'm going to do. How's my life going to work out? What should I be busy with? The one thing that the Bible says is that he who wins souls is wise. Amen? What you make happen for others, God will make those things happen for you. So when you sit and you think, I'm not changing anything. I don't have an impact on anything. Have you heard the story about the little boy on the beach when all the, um, what is it, starfish were on the, on the beach and he was picking up one and he was throwing it back into the sea, back into the sea, and somebody came and he said, well, there's kilometers here. What difference do you think you can make? And he picked up another one and threw it in the water and he said it made a difference for him, for that starfish. Amen. Don't look at the big thing and think, how are we going to do it? Start with the one little small thing and start to change your community. Turn to the person next to you say, you're a kingdom builder. Can I tell you something? When you have that mindset just to touch one person's life, you'll only in heaven one day know how many people's lives you've changed. You'll only in heaven one day know. I once met a lady years after she attended one service, one prayer line, bumped into her and she shared how many things in her life changed after that one prayer. How she's starting her own business, how she's getting married now, and how her life has just changed after that one prayer. Came once, didn't even become a member of the church, but her life was touched by one prayer. People making her feel welcome, ushering her, and God's presence changing her life. You have destiny on the inside of you. Amen. Turn to the person and say, I just want to say one thing to you. Listen to this. Wonderful Jesus. Tell them again, say, wonderful Jesus. 
You've become part of a miracle when you start changing your community. Amen. The power of Jesus has power in the church. There's power for the church. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew 18. So he's the wonderful one. Secondly, strategic. Strategic. This is the strategy for the church. Listen to this, verse 19. Again, I say to you that if two, or let's read from verse 18. Is that okay? Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where there are two or three gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. This is the strategy. He says, come together. When two or three gather together in my name, I'm there. Hebrews 10 verse 25 says, do not neglect the assembly of the saints, as is the manner of some, especially as you see the day approaching. What day is he talking about? The last days. The day of the second coming of Christ. Amen? Can I say something? Make sure that you're in a living church. This is the strategy how God does it. Church is serious business. Let me just tell you something. Church is serious business. When it's a living church, with you the members there and Christ is the head, don't touch it, don't mess around with it. Because Jesus himself is involved. If you touch the temple of God, you're in serious trouble. We make of the church like it's nothing. It's very, very serious. God's strategy, Psalm 92, he says, those that are planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish. So if the strategy is to get you planted, guess what is the strategy of the devil? To move you around. Jesus is in the plant business for you to get planted a pot plant can never become a strong plant. can become a beautiful plant. can move it in the sun, and you can move it in the rain, and in the shadow, and wherever you need to. But those roots can never grow downward, get settled, for that plant to grow upward and reach its full potential. Can I tell you something? Many churches will never reach their full potential, not because of the plan but because of the foundation. You look shocked. If you have a plan of a high-rise building, guess what? There's another set of plans for the foundation. Because the higher the building should go, the more solid the foundation should be. Many ministries will never reach their full potential not because of what God had planned for them, planned for that pastor, for that church, but because how they started building. You look shocked. The Bible says in Romans 15, verse 20, do not build on another man's foundation. Do not build on another man's foundation. Can I say something? There are unchurched people out there Invite them to church. Don't take people out of other churches. Can I have one amen? 
A church does not start by you taking people out of another church. I cannot, I cannot, here is Bombi, an elder in our church. I cannot get a piece of land and now I go into his house, take his windows, his doors, his basins out of his house, build my house and come and say, I just want to thank God for the wonderful house that I've built. God is so good to me. What are you going to think about me? But yet, that's what people do in the church, and we think it's fine. A matter of fact, the Bible says, mark a divisive man, because Jesus wants unity. He says, how beautiful and wonderful it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. So invite people to church, but invite the unchurched. Can I have one amen? amen. Unchurched. Less than 10% of Pretoria's people are in church this morning. Less than 10% of the people in Pretoria are in church this morning. Turn to the person next to you say, invite the unchurched. The churched people have got enough challenges just to stay submitted and committed where they are right now. Do you know why? Because Luke 17 says, offense will come to everybody. Can I see who of you has ever been offended in church? Just raise your hand nice and high. Let me just see. Or do you only get offended... Say, no, 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 I only get offended at work, never at church. Raise your hand nice and high, let me see who got offended at church. <laughs> the Bible says there's one way that we build, and that's wonderful Jesus is that foundation. 1 Corinthians 3 says there's one foundation that's been laid, and that's Jesus Christ. That's a pure foundation that fulfilled the law, that's the Son of God, who is the Word, and that solid foundation remains. And it says we should take care how we build upon that foundation. So you can have wonderful Jesus as a foundation in your life and not be building with wonderful things. He says when you build, build with gold, silver, those things that can handle fire. Or you build with hay and stubble, those things that does not glorify God. He says, but here's the good news. Whether you build with gold or silver, or whether you build with hay and stubble, both of those works will be tested by fire. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's good news. So I thought I did something wrong. All this fire made me worry. Are you telling me it's only God testing me? Am I talking to the right people here? God has to test us because for gold to be gold, it must go through fire. And God is busy purifying us and getting us ready for when He returns. A matter of fact, He's coming back for a bride without spot and wrinkle. No blemish. What are the blemishes that we have? What are the things in our lives that are not right? What is it called? It's sin. So guess what the last revival will be before Jesus comes back for a bride without spot and wrinkle? A church that will go on its knees and say, Lord, please remove this. Sanctify me, cleanse me. The first time I ever prayed and I said, God, let your fire fall on me and consume everything that's not of you. Prayed it in humility and sincerity of heart. Have you ever prayed a prayer like that? Raise your hand. What were you thinking? 
What were you thinking? You know, we come to God and we pray that, you know what? By the end of that week, I was rebuking the devil. I was rebuking the devil and I said, God, what's going on? And the Lord said to me, why are you rebuking the devil? I'm just busy burning out everything that's not of me. <laughs> just encourage me. Just wave at me when you've gone through something like that in your own life. We build upon a foundation that cannot be shaken. That when there's a shaking, we can stand firm. Family, listen to me. We do life better together. That's why when this temple is being built, living stones, living stones next to each other. I was reading the book of Ezra and Nehemiah and all these guys building the temple. And you know, it was such an encouraging part there when I read and I saw how they used the burnt blocks to build the temple. And I said, thank you, Jesus. There's hope for me. Those that have been burnt in life, we're not going to be pushed out. You can build us into and be part of the temple. Amen. So if life has burned you, it's not an excuse not to be built in. Amen. Did you hear what I said? If life has burned you and situations and circumstances has burned you, the temple was built with burnt blocks. Pure water can be poured into dirty vessels because of wonderful Jesus. We should get to a place where we can mature, where we come to church to feed somebody and not just to be fed. Because you are saved to save others, you are blessed to be a blessing. You know what's the blessing of being in a church? The next one, mighty God. When you're in a church and you're part of a church and you're going through a difficult time, maybe you're sick. You know what the Bible says? Call for the elders of the church. Let them pray for you. Let them anoint you in the name of the Lord. In the wonderful name of Jesus. When you are part of a living church, you have brothers and sisters next to you that can pray for you. A matter of fact, a living church is the reservoir of God's power. We will see signs, wonders, and miracles. It's the prayer of faith, having that confidence, that power of attorney, the name of Jesus backing us. I mean, that name, when you say in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible teaches us every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's the promise. At that name, demons must go. It's that name that helps us to victory. Amen. When I hear this, I just want to whisper the name of Jesus. I want to say the name of Jesus. I was talking earlier on about at the gate beautiful. When they saw the lame man walking, what did they say? By what authority? How did this happen? What did Peter say? Through faith in this wonderful name, Jesus, this man has been made whole. Family, when your faith is in the name of Jesus, expect things to start to change in your life. Amen. That name has power to change situations. 
Turn to the person next to you say, I speak Jesus over your situation. Turn to the person on the other side next to you say, I speak Jesus over your situation. When you speak Jesus over a situation, expect change. Amen. That name of Jesus brings miracles. Brings miracles. Meditate upon the mighty name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. His wisdom is miraculous. He says, ask for wisdom. Can I give you a little secret? If you want to see more miracles in your life, you have to meditate upon spiritual things. What are spiritual things? Spiritual things is the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want those miracles to manifest, it's because of wonderful Jesus. Those miracles manifest because of one reason, because of the righteousness of God. The righteousness that I'm talking about is a gift. It's not something you can buy or that you can work for. It's a gift from Christ Jesus. Righteousness produces miracles, and righteousness produces salvation. That's why God says, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. You'll have the miracle, but because you've received the righteousness from Christ, you'll be able to maintain it. Now I'll add all these things, and they will remain. But if you don't walk in the righteousness of God, you cannot have those things. You say, how can I say that? Jesus came and he said, what is easier, to say be healed or to say your sins are forgiven? He said, they are equal. Am I right? Why? Because the thing that produces salvation is righteousness, and the thing that produces healings, deliverance, breakthrough is righteousness. That's why God says, seek first my kingdom of God and his righteousness. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. His ears are attentive to the cry. Can you see why it's important to maintain your position in righteousness? Maintaining your position in righteousness is maintaining your position in Christ Jesus. And we do that in the wonderful name of Jesus. I'm going to close with the last two points. Eternal Father. Eternal Father. Always be aware of eternity. There's a life hereafter. So when we are walking and living for Jesus Christ, it's not just for now, but it's a life hereafter. Jesus said, I've gone to prepare a place for you. So when you are talking to people, working with people, what does the Bible say? The Bible says, think upon things from above. So the conversations that you are having start to behave like somebody that's going to heaven. The things that you say, the things that you think. Because that's our mandate. Everything that Jesus came to do here on earth, 
is for us to manifest heaven here on earth before we go to heaven. He said, when you pray, pray in this manner. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. You're on earth as it is in heaven. What was he saying? He says, when you pray, pray heaven's atmosphere down here because you are actually seated in heavenly places. But sometimes we live like only Sunday is a heavenly day. And Mondays to Tuesdays, oh my God. Am I talking to, you don't have to raise your hand, just double blink at me. Ecclesiastes says that God has placed eternity in our hearts to start to think about eternity. This life here on earth is this short. If this whole strip here represents eternity, your life here is maybe one finger. That's it. And then you take this and you times it by 10 million or 10 billion for eternity. When there's eternity in your heart, you'll think how you work with people because your relationship with people has an impact on your relationship with God. A matter of fact, your relationship with God depends far more on the relationship with the people around you than what you realize. Because if you cannot love those around you, how can you love God that you've not seen? As a Christian, think about the things from above. Because we are here to manifest heaven on earth. Amen? When last did you manifest heaven on earth? Heaven on earth. The last one, Prince of Peace. Oh, let me not forget. 1 John 3, 23. Cannot forget this scripture. It's so important. He says, believe in my name. That we should believe in his name and that we should love one another. Sometimes you need the name of Jesus to love some people. To love them with the love of Christ. Amen. Who you've got family members like that? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Amen. One of the most outstanding miracles that we saw at the day of Pentecost. I'm closing. Prince of Peace. Peter, a hothead. Remember Peter was a hothead? One of Jesus' disciples? Chopped off somebody's ear. That's a hothead. Amen. Comes in hot with a sword. Hmm? I love Peter. He gives me so much hope. The one minute, yes, because we all go through things like that. The one minute we've got the revelation, Jesus is the Christ. The next minute, in the same chapter, a few verses, he's rebuking Jesus for not doing what he sees is the right way. Jesus, I just want to help you. You say you want to die. Let me just help you. You're never going to die. It's never going to happen. Not on my shift. Remember, remember who had the revelation that you're the Christ? Remember who told you you are wonderful Jesus, Yeshua Mashiach? I told you you're Yeshua HaMashiach, the anointed one. You're not going to die. What did Jesus have to say? Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> The next minute, Peter is walking on water. Wow. The next minute, chopping off somebody's ear. The next minute, Jesus is using him 
as he takes the bread in his hands and he breaks it, multiplies and he's feeding 5,000 people. Jesus is using me, multiplying the bread. I see miracles, I see signs and wonders. Jesus, you are my God, I'm gonna be with you forever. The next minute he's denying Jesus three times. <laughs> Am I talking to the right people here? Do you think this guy had turmoil in his heart? At the day of Pentecost, Jesus put his peace in his heart through the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, the peace that I'm giving you is not the peace of this world. It's a peace that comes from heaven. In this world, you'll have tribulation, but know that I've overcome this world. He says, Peter, I know you don't like the Samaritans. I know you're not even talking to them. I know I'm talking to them, and you wonderful disciples are standing aside saying, we don't mix with the Samaritans. He says, but I want to tell you, there's going to come a day when I'm going to pour out my spirit and I'm going to empower you. And when I've empowered you and put my peace in your heart, you'll go to Jerusalem, to Samaria, and the ends of the earth. When you go in the power of the Holy Spirit, with the love and peace of God in your heart, you'll be able to talk to all cultures, all nations, even those that you reject. You'll now embrace and love them with the love of Christ. That's the peace that God puts on the inside. It says, I'm the Prince of Peace. I'm going to close. As I was preparing, God gave me this scripture in Isaiah. I've read to you Isaiah 9 verse 6. But he gave me another scripture in Isaiah 49. I want to encourage you to start to speak the name of Jesus over every situation. Where there's sickness, start to speak the name of Jesus. When there's disappointment, speak the name of Jesus. Where breakthrough is needed, whatever, over your marriage, over your career, over your children, speak the name of Jesus. And as I was preparing, I read this scripture. God just led me to this scripture. Isaiah 49 verse 18. It says, lift up your head and look around you. When you see the Bible say, lift up your head. He said to Abraham, lift up your eyes. He said to his disciples, lift up your eyes and see the harvest is ready. When he says, lift up your eyes, it's the look of faith. It's the look of faith to say, look up and see what I'm seeing. It's the servant, the servant of the man of God that only saw the Syrian army. And he said, lift up your eyes. Lord, open his eyes to see that those that are for us are more than those that are against us. He says, lift up your head and look all around you. Look all around you. He says, see all your children, all your builders gather to come back to you. He says, all those around you that have left, that have walked out, he says, see, they're coming back. I just need one amen. amen. Some of you have children that's walked away not serving God. Some of you have spouses that have walked away some of you have friends that have walked away. God says, lift up your eyes, look and see around you. Those that have walked away, children, sons and daughters of the Most High God, those that are supposed to be helping, building the church of God that's walked away, he says, they are coming back. He says, surely as I live. Do you believe Jesus is alive? He says, surely as I live, 
I want to tell you, I make this promise, says God. He's saying, in the name of Jesus, with that full authority, I'm promising you, you'll see them come back in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. But coming back, family members that you maybe have given up on, that's not serving God, I'm telling you they're coming back. They're coming back. I'm not shouting it. I'm saying it softly because if Jesus said it, it's going to happen. Jesus was sent to this earth by the Father with an assignment. That assignment is to build the church. Turn to the person next to you say it's to build the church. That assignment has become our assignment. It's become our assignment. Isaiah says the following. It says, even them I will bring to my holy mountain. You talk about holy mountain, you're talking about the house of God. And make them joyful in my house of prayer. Why does he call it a house of prayer? Why is prayer so important? Are you praying for people? Who do you pray for? Who do you pray for the most? Okay, parents, let me help you quickly. You think you were praying for your children before you had them. Who prayed for children? Who had a report that they could not have children? Let me just see your hand. You prayed and you trusted God for children, and now you have your children. Tell me something. Are you praying more now for your children after you've received them, or are you praying less? More. What does that teach us? It teaches us after you've received your promise, you need God more. <laughs> after you've received your promise, you'll need God more. And make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will accept it on my altar. Wow. He says, that which you bring before God in faith, all will be accepted. It says, for my house shall be called a house of prayer. Why prayer? Why does he say my house will be called a house of prayer? Because there's no greater way to express your love than to pray for somebody. If you really love somebody, you'll take them into the presence of God and you'll pray for them. Say, Lord, I want to pray for this person and declare the name of Jesus. If you love a nation, you'll be praying for that nation. Can I have one amen? Are you so angry with this nation of ours? Turn to the person next to you and say, pray for our nation. There's no greater way to express your love than to pray for somebody. What did Jesus say? He said, pray for those who despitefully use you. What is he saying? He said, demonstrate your love. They're despitefully using you. Demonstrate your love by praying for them. Start to declare the name of Jesus over them, over them, over them. He says, because my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. He says, I'm going to unite my house through prayer. How did he do that? At the day of Pentecost, when he baptized them in one spirit, into one body. 
they started speaking. And you can be from any culture. You can speak your language, maybe Venda or Zulu or Tswana or Italian, and I don't understand it. But when I'm in the house of God and you start praying in the Spirit, I'll say, I know that. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Spirit praying. Ah, you're praying for me, God's perfect will. You're busy interceding for me. I don't know what you are praying, but God knows what you are praying. And when you pray in the Spirit, I know you're praying God's perfect will. Thank you for praying the perfect will and not your own words. When you are born of love, you can love all people. You can pray in the Spirit for all people. And this is what it's all about. He said, he's the wonderful one. Isaiah 9 verse 6, his name will be the wonderful one, the extraordinary strategist, the mighty God, the father of eternity, the prince of peace. What do you need Jesus to be in your life right now? Because he's ready to do that. Are you ready to pray for some people? Are you ready to pray for yourself? Please stand to your feet right now. Stand to your feet right now. Let me hear you pray. Say, precious father, allow the name of Jesus to be my shield, to be my protection, to be my exceedingly great reward. Say it again. Say, precious Father, allow the name of Jesus to be my shield, to be my protection, to be my exceedingly great reward. Say it again. Say, precious Father, allow your name to be my shield, to be my protection, to be my exceedingly great reward. Say, I take the breakthrough keys. Say, I take the breakthrough keys. Keys to lose and keys to bind. Whatever might have been bound, be loosed. Whatever might have been loosed, be bound according to the will of God. So that which should be bound, be loosed in my life according to the will of God. In Jesus' mighty name. Right now, Lord, every foul spirit, Every wicked spirit assigned against me, I loose that foul spirit from its assignment. I command it to go to the pit and to remain bound there in Jesus' mighty name. Loose right now every blessing, every good thing that the enemy has hindered. I loose it right now in Jesus' mighty name. Whatever has been bound, be loosed according to the will of God. Whatever has been loosed, be bound according to the will of God. Lord, fight for me. Lord, fight for me. In Jesus' mighty name. Open whatever is closed in my life. Open whatever is closed in my life. And close whatever is open in my life. Be it in my business. Be it in my health. Be it in my marriage. Be it in my career, in Jesus' mighty name, I declare the name of Jesus over my life. I declare the name of Jesus over my life, over my spouse, over my children, over my career, over my health, over my church, over my work, over this nation, over its leadership. I declare the name of Jesus. I declare the name of Jesus. I declare the name of Jesus. 
Right now, say, I speak the name of Jesus into every situation. I speak the name of Jesus over my situation, over my life, over my health, in Jesus' mighty name. Oh, Holy Spirit, fill my heart with peace. Fill my heart with peace. Take more of me. Give me more of you. In the wonderful name of Jesus. Lord Jesus, teach me to give into every situation. Teach me to give into every situation. Say, precious Father, thank you for lifting me up. Thank you for lifting me up every time I stumble. Say, precious Father, thank you for lifting me up every time I stumble. Thank you for not allowing my enemies to triumph and rejoice over me. Say it again. Thank you for not allowing my enemies to triumph and rejoice over me. Say, right now, Father, I cancel every appointment with failure. Say, I cancel every appointment with failure. I cancel every appointment with setback. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for helping me to be better than who I am. Say, thank you, Lord, for helping me to be better than who I am. Say, thank you, Jesus, for being the wonderful one. Thank you for being the wonderful one. For being the extraordinary strategist. For being the mighty God. For being the mighty God. For being my eternal Father. For being my Prince of Peace. Say, I love you, Father. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Holy Spirit. Tell him again, say, I love you, Father. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Holy Spirit. If you believe God has moved mountains for you, let me hear a loud amen. Hallelujah. Remember, you are not praying that prayer alone. The Bible says where two or more agree. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm in agreement with you. Expect change. Whatever you were praying, I'm agreeing with you. Expect change. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says, call for the elders. Call for those who are in faith, for those walking in righteousness. Let them come and pray with you and agree with you. Amen. Put your right hand on your heart. Raise your other hand to heaven and pray this prayer aloud after me. Say, precious Father, my situation is beyond human means. I need the Savior of the world to save me. Save me, Lord Jesus. Wash me with your blood. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I confess with my mouth and I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ died for me, but he's alive right now, making intercession for all my weaknesses. Oh, Holy Spirit, help me to live a holy life well-pleasing in your sight. I am now a child of the Most High God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah.
If you've prayed that prayer in humility and sincerity of heart, your sins are forgiven. Your past is over. Don't talk about your past anymore. Past is Egypt, a place of bondage. God took Israel from Egypt into the promised land. Don't talk about your past anymore. The first thing that you have to do is connect. Connect to a team. What does that mean? It means find a living church, get submitted and committed. This is a living church. Amen. As a matter of fact, I have to take responsibility for you if you've prayed that prayer. Amen. So that you can grow in the things of the Lord. So if you've come from far, go find a living church and serve there. Amen. Far is not even Rustenburg. Amen. We've got people drive through from Rustenburg every week. Amen. We have people drive through from Cajiso every week. That's not far. Amen. Far is when you North, north, amen, or south, south, or east, east, or west, west, amen. And even then, people drive through, they tell me, a church alive is worth the drive, amen, <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> Number two, discover the dream, your gift that God has given you so that you can start to impact your community. God has placed destiny on the inside of you, has placed gifts on the inside of you, so that you can be a blessing to those around you. Amen. So discover that. And then lastly, serve in the dream team. Become part of the dream team and serve in the dream team to change people's lives. What we are doing here will only know the true impact one day in heaven. Amen. When you pray that prayer, something amazing happens. You know, in our hearts, we are made to be like God. The thing that God values most about you is beyond human comprehension because in our hearts, we are made to be like God. You are the greatest product of the Holy Spirit. If you could just only understand the potential that you have. You know, when we invite people here and people come here, people that we don't even know, you don't know what potential is on the inside of them, how they can change a city, a nation, this whole world. Amen? Turn to the person next to you say, you're the greatest product of the Holy Spirit. Turn to the person on the other side say, you're the greatest product of the Holy Spirit. And you've got wonderful Jesus backing you. You're going to make it. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.